Our scripture reading today is from Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, to chapter 3, verse 5. This is the Lord's word. You have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have you wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. May the Lord bless us in the reading of this holy word. We're in the midst of our series on the prophet Malachi. And in our first three messages, we saw that Malachi himself as a prophet was sent to the Israelites, those who had returned from their days of being in exile. They had returned and they had rebuilt the city, they had rebuilt and they were getting a little bit too comfortable in their surroundings. Malachi was sent by the Lord unto them to cast, well, some judgment upon them. Malachi is a series of six disputations or six arguments between the prophet, God himself, and the people of Israel. And the first disputation that we saw was the people were asking, how have, how have you, God, loved us? And God says unto them, Here is the proof that I have loved you. It is my electing love unto you. You who are simply a small nation in the Middle East, I chose you not because you were lovelier than any other nation. I chose you because, well, I chose you for my good pleasure. There's nothing in you, O Israel, that deserves my love and my salvation. But I, the electing Father, chose you because it was my real pleasure to choose you. I do not love you or you do not love me depending upon your works, depending upon your circumstances. My love for you will never end. 
The second disputation had to do with, with the leaders of the church, the leaders of the temple, the priests themselves. They were satisfied that Israel was worshiping God half-hearted. They would bring their sacrifices to the temples, but they weren't the best of the best as the Levitical laws as prescribed. They were second best, third best. The wounded, the leftovers. And God was, God was angry at the Levites themselves for being satisfied with half-hearted worship. And God said upon them, listen, do you not know that I have created you? I love you. Do you not know that I made you people unto myself? And I deserve all worship. Last week, the, the third disputation, we saw that, that God himself was arguing with the people themselves. You've forgotten that you loved me, so you've forgotten to worship me. Therefore, all your relationships amongst you, amongst the church, amongst the people of God, have fallen into disrepair. And the ultimate sign of that disrepair is the failures of marriages, divorces being given at will, people marrying outside of the, of the people of God, well, they looked for meaning. They looked to fulfill their desires elsewhere. Now, this is bad cop, good cop. Malachi right now is simply the bad cop. And I want to impress upon you as we go through this fourth disputation to hear these words with a humble heart. Most of you here come from an Asian background. You're used to getting yelled at. <laughs> You're used to getting reprimanded. You're used to hearing, as our parents would probably say, tough love. But when you hear this, I want you to hear it knowing that God's love for you and provision for you is perfect. So hear these words. Hear them well. Then hear the healing power of the gospel. This fourth disputation is about the people of God asking God, what is justice? Where is justice? What is right? What is wrong? This is an apt question in our day today, where people have always sort of been bending the moral laws in our own lives, where basically anything external or anyone external who tells us what is right to do, what is wrong to do, is seen as someone who is oppressing us and oppressing our ways. But we like to think that we ourselves as people 
can determine what is right and what is wrong. We've become a law unto ourselves in such a way that any external language or words to us that tells us that we're wrong, we do not listen to at all. But instead, we, we look to find other people who agree with us. And we become our own little group simply judges everyone on the outside. We become a law unto ourselves so much that when anyone challenges us, it doesn't go to our mind to, to reason it out. But we bypass that simply to our emotions. I'm right, you're wrong. The people like Adam and Eve are simply living the life, living the way they've chosen, a life without, without God, a life without transcendent reality. Adam and Eve hid in shame. Adam and Eve had conflict with one another. What was right? What was wrong? They hid from God. Here in this disputation, God is saying unto them, not only have you forgotten justice, but you've called what is evil good and what is good evil. You've actually come to God in such a way that you're actually questioning God and saying to God, God, what is justice? God, let me tell you what justice is. You haven't shown me what justice is. Our hearts have gone so far away from him that we ourselves feel proud enough, angry enough, puffed up enough to even question. Maybe your relationship with your parents were different. But I know that my generation, that if I ever question my mom or dad's sense of justice, or what's right or what's wrong, no way. No meal, kicked out of the house. I had to apologize tenfold, twentyfold until the wrath of my parents was satisfied, whatever, whatever that looked like. And that was just my generation. I don't know if your parents are the same thing. But when we ourselves believe that we know what is better than God, we've come to the point where we question God out of hubris. We've forgotten who he is. A corollary to that that we see here also is the question of where is justice in this world? Because we're not only seeing justice for ourselves or our idea of right or wrong, but we also <coughs> see in this world around us 
but there is injustice. Things are not fair all the time. If you're a lawyer or in the legal system, or perhaps even that you, you're out in the real world, I can say that, and, and you, you sign your first lease at an apartment and it doesn't go that well, or, or something breaks down, and you're trying to negotiate sort of a settlement, and you get the settlement and you're just like, I guess that's, that's, that's all we have, that's it. There are very few people when they go through the justice system, when they, when they go through a bartering, when they go through negotiations at the end, they feel like this is perfectly just. There's no one. No one feels whole. No one feels as, as if they've been, they've been all, that, all the wrong that's been done to them has been accounted for. And if you are someone who wants that, that perfect accounting, what happens? You get neurotic pretty quickly, don't you? Because the counting of the sins against you are never ending. Where is the justice? They're questioning God, questioning themselves. Life has become this morass where we're just trying to survive day to day, have sort of our moral bearings for this encounter with this person, with this situation, with these groups of people here at work, here with family, here in my marriage, here with my kids, and things are just a mess. And our culpability is twofold, as we see. One, we are culpable because we have become the law unto ourselves. Number two, the outflow of that is to know that all the wrongdoings against us, all the wrongdoings that we have done, will never have its full accounting here in this world. Where is justice? Where is our God? This is what Malachi brings as his fourth disputation, his fourth argument against the people of God. Because you've forgotten my first love. You've forgotten to worship me. You've forgotten to love one another as, as the people of God. Of course you're going to see there's no justice, no right but in this disputation what, what God does is God provides actually a response this is the first time in this, in this, this series of six disputations where Malachi delivers to us the message of the Lord that he will bring justice to, to this world the, the messenger that he will send before us so that we can prepare ourselves from justice. This messenger we, we've come to know through the Gospels is John the Baptist himself. 
John the Baptist being sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And this preparation is doing what? Preparation is to wake us up from our numbness. To wake us up from feeling as if we can just live life and just float through life. To wake us up from thinking that we just live day by day, just go with the flow. To wake us up from our, understand, from our, our moral malaise. To wake us up to understand that finally, there is, there should be justice. We should be angry. We should demand from the Lord, Lord, there needs to be an accounting. There needs to be accounting for the ways that things in this world are broken. There needs to be an accounting. But even more than that, there needs to be an accounting of our own sins, our own understanding. That we have strayed from God. That we have forgotten God. We have forgotten that scripture chased us. For too long, we've been shaping scripture. To show us that we're drowning. To show us that we're hopeless and helpless. This is what he does to prepare us. Brothers and sisters, it's okay as a believer in God, to feel despair because we have one who has an answer to the despair. When you don't have an answer to despair, you don't go down that road. It's too hard. God prepares us for all the trials, the troubles, the depths of our sins and our unrighteousness. For the Lord is preparing us for who, for what? To remind you of the first disputation that He loves you. His electing love for you is short. To remind you that he will find that way for you to bring you justice. He does so by sending his only son, Jesus himself. We know that Jesus experienced every injustice that we could ever, ever, ever think about. And if he did so, for you and me. We know that in the last days when the Lord returns, he will make every little slight or injustice right again. You do not need to be the justifier of all things. You do not need to make everything 100% right all the time or even if ever. You can learn to love because you know that God in the end will be just. Nothing will be left unturned. 
but God will bring his justice into us. The most important, brothers and sisters, how's your heart? You know, you ever go to uh, have a conversation with a friend or maybe even go to counseling and your friend or your counselor knows the issue that you need to talk about. And you keep saying, I can't do it yet. It's not that I can't do it yet. It's just too long. I can't do it yet. Now, I want to be sensitive here. There is a time and place for everything that God God works. But even if you're there, you need to at least say to the Lord, God, help me to get there. And when I do get there, I lay bare all my troubles, needs, and below that, I see my desire to control my life, to deem what is right or wrong for me. Help me to see that you, the just God, will be loving to me as well. And this is what the Lord does. The Lord exposes to heal. The Lord exposes to help you to grow in your love for Him. The Lord exposes sin so that you can love Him and love others well. Justice without love is not justice, it's revenge. Love without justice isn't love. It's just sentimentality. But God has done both for us by here. So go to him. If you are someone who needs the Lord in his presence, call us. If there's something going on in your life that's difficult in your life, I want justice now. I want things to be right now. Work it. Say, God, I want your justice, not mine. I trust that you will make things right, perhaps not in this lifetime, but in eternity you will make it right. But do so that I might experience your justice and your love in my life. I might love to others. For those of you here who might not know the Lord yet, you're still seeking what is, what is this thing about life? We are living in a time where everything is about justice. However you want to define that or parse that word. You see that justice without love makes humanity ugly. 
Jesus himself who brought justice with love makes humanity look beautiful. I challenge you to look at Christ. Look at what he's done. Listen to his message. See that Jesus himself is here to bring about his justice, his grace, and his mercy. Oh, brothers and sisters, all of you with these Asian American parents in the background, perhaps in your heart you're saying you're only hearing a part of I'm wrong, I stink, I'm awful. Stop it. You are loved. son or his daughter. He loves you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. All the injustices that we feel from your, your past, everything that you have in your heart, God will make right. Grace be to you. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for your love and your mercy and all Lord, we ask of you, Lord, to bless this church. Lord, we confess to you that all of these charges that Malachi brings against Israel, they're charges against us. They're there, though. They're, these charges are there to awaken our hearts and souls to the depths of our sins. But you, God, are gracious that you have not left us there that you have showed us not simply the better way, but the best way. You showed us your infinite love by sending your son Jesus. You showed us your infinite um, grace to us by sending us your spirit. There is nothing that can separate us from your love and your perfection. So Lord, help us to depend upon you in so doing, Lord, may that be faithfully and, Lord, even joyfully learn to love others, speak truth to others, to waive our own rights towards others. That Christ himself may be seen in us and in others. That others, Lord, may come to know you. We thank you and we worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.